A lot of Islander fans are talking about Matthew Barzal and Oliver Wallstrom. I'll tell you why I'm not worried about one, but am concerned about the other. Plus a full preview of tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's episode, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question you'd like to ask, a comment on something we spoke about, or maybe a topic that you'd like to bring up on a future show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so Please follow me on Twitter for instant insight and analysis, and it is always great to in, uh, to have interaction with Islanders fans either during game time or any time, so please feel free to get in touch. All right, let's get started with this. I'm going to talk about two players who before the season we knew were going to be very important for the Islanders' success. And those two players are Matthew Barzal and Oliver Wallstrom. And here we are, 14 games into the season. And right now, Oliver Wallstrom has four goals and seven points in 13 games. He missed one. Matthew Barzal, no goals, but 15 points through 15, uh, 14 games. So, uh, look, let's start with Oliver Wallstrom. Wally, we all know he is capable of putting the puck in the net. We have seen that from him. Look, he had three goals in the Islanders' first two games this year. He had, uh, actually, that he played. He had a goal and an assist against Anaheim. Two goals against San Jose. And you thought, okay, the kid is off to a good start. And then... All of a sudden, 
He has now gone six games without scoring a goal. He has only one goal since those first two games that he played. And those numbers are troublesome. Because the thing about Oliver Wallstrom, we knew he could put the puck in the net. That is not an issue. But the issue was, and the reason that Wallstrom still, to this day, even after Barry Trotz has been replaced by Lane Lambert. Wally doesn't do the things away from the puck that he needs to do to become a top six forward consistently on this team. Yeah, goal scorers tend to be streaky. And so, you know, three goals in two games and then no goals in six games, you got to live with that with most goal scorers. There's only a handful of guys, your Alexander Ovechkins, your Sidney Crosby's, your uh, Connor McDavid's, guys who are going to put the puck in the net, you know, four out of every six games consistently. That's not typical. But for Oliver Wallstrom to get more playing time, he has got to do things away from the puck. He's got to back check. He's got to pick up his man. And he can't take so many lazy penalties. Do you realize that right now, in five of the last six games he's played, Oliver Wallstrom has taken a minor penalty. And I would say at least three, probably four out of the five, were lazy kind of penalties. The, the penalties you get because you're a step behind your guy and you reach out and hook him or hold him or you're just not doing your job and therefore you're forced to do something against the rules in order to try to not get caught up ice. We have seen Wallstrom's ice time dwindle as we go. And look, unfortunately, he has been at or near the bottom of the ice time numbers for forwards on the Islanders in most of the last several games. Last game, nine minutes, 10 seconds of ice time. Now, he was sent down against the Rangers to the fourth line, and I think that Lane Lambert is trying to send him a message. And hopefully that message gets through. I didn't see a big difference in Wally's play, but if Wallstrom can get his game together and do the things he needs to do away from the puck, this kid has the ability to be a 25-goal scorer in this league now. You give him... 15 minutes of ice time a game, not even the 18, 19, 20 that a top line power play guy is going to get. You give him 15, 16 minutes of ice time a game, he'll give you 22, 25, 22, 24, 25 goals a year. But he's got to earn that ice time. And up till now, he hasn't done it. And you start to get to the point where even though Wallstrom is still fairly young, you want to see progress. And I know progress isn't linear. But I want to see it. Now, the other guy, Matthew Barzal, that I wanted to talk about. Barzi hasn't scored a goal in the first 14 games of the year. And yet, I'm not worried about Matthew Barzal. And I'll tell you why. First of all, for the first time since his rookie season, Barzi is on pace for a point uh, a game or better. He's got 15 assists. In 14 games. And that is 
just showing me that Barzi, even without that bonafide 30, 35 goal scorer on his wing, is creating. Five of his 15 points have come on the power play. He is in every game creating time and space with his skates. He's got points in three of his last four games and 10 of the 14 games this year. He has at least one assist and he has four games with multiple points in them. The other thing that I'm not, reason rather, that I'm not all that worried about Matthew Barzal, two, two more things really. Number one is he is shooting the puck more. Who is third on the Islanders right now in shots on goal with 38? Yeah, Matthew Barzal. We know he's not a shoot-first guy, but the only two players on the Islanders who have more shots on goal than Matthew Barzal right now, Brock Nelson, who has 43, Anders Lee, who has 40. So Barzi is shooting more often, and... If he continues to produce at a point-a-game clip, even if they are all assists right now, and he's shooting the puck and creating time and space, I'm not worried about him. And I'll tell you this, if I get 85 points from Barzi and it's 15 goals and 70 assists, or 10 goals and and, uh, 75 assists over the course of the season, I'm fine with that. We don't need, as a team... Uh, Matthew Barzal to score 25 goals. It would be great if he did, but if he's setting up 60, 65, 70 goals a year, I'm fine with 15 goals, 10, 15 goals. Give me that point of game production, and if you get him that bona fide goal scorer as a line mate, the sky is the limit for Matthew Barzal. So, not concerned about Barzal, although I do want to see him start to score a little bit. And more concerned about Wallstrom because I need him to become the player he's capable of becoming and to earn the ice time that he needs to be successful in this league. So far, he has been very inconsistent. And the inconsistency, I think, as much as anything else, is what's concerning me about Oliver Wallstrom. We have got more to get to on today's show. We have got a full preview of tonight's game at the UBS Arena against the Arizona Coyotes. Plus, uh, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who was with the Islanders for part of one season in the late 70s, but went on to a very successful coaching career in the NHL. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Hey, Are you confident in the Islanders after all these great comeback wins? Maybe you want to put a little uh, skin in the game, so to speak. Head over to betonline.net and check out the odds you'll get betting on the Isles. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, 
let's talk a little bit about tonight's game. And I'm going to read first uh, an email, a fan email, that we got from Frank in North Patchog. Gil, that was a sweet win against the Rangers on Tuesday night, but the Isles must guard against complacency against the two weaker opponents that they have uh, uh, at home this week. They cannot think that they could turn things on in the third period and have these comebacks like a water faucet. The Coyotes and the Blue Jackets have professional players and they can take advantage of defensive and offensive lapses and make you pay. The coaching staff's job is to put this through our players' heads. When we play Islander hockey for 60 minutes, the results are excellent. I would love those four points, points garnered in November, are just as important as those garnered in March. Let's go, Islanders. Frank in North Patchogue. Frank, I agree with you, and I'll take it a step further. The Arizona Coyotes, nobody expected them to do well. People were thinking, yeah, Arizona, they're going to be among the worst teams in the NHL. They'll be going for that lottery pick. Well, guess what? Through 12 games, the Arizona Coyotes are 5-6-1. and one. World beaters? No. No. Are they a great team? No. But guess what? They've won three of their last four games. And they are more than capable of putting together some really good hockey. Now, look, they've been getting, uh, you know, inconsistent play. They're, they're not great offensively. 26th in the league in goals scored, 26th in the league in goals against. So the defense isn't so great either. But here's where they succeed. Power play. Third in the league, 29.3% success rate. The Islanders' PK is going to have to be aware and get the job done. You know, after that very hot start, the penalty kill has been a little, little troublesome over the last three or four games. The Islanders need to get the PK uh, back on track. And the power play for the Islanders, PK for the Arizona Coyotes, 12th in the league. So the Islanders try got to try to get something going on the power play. They did all right against the Rangers with two power play goals. The goaltending for Arizona, Carol uh, Vimilka, he is the starter 4-3-1, but a 3-4-1 goals against a 9-0-8 save percentage. The backup is Connor Ingram, and uh, he is 1-3 with a 4-4-2 goals against average and an 8-74 save percentage. Now, the bottom line is that uh, Vimelka played the last game, a 4-1 victory over the Buffalo Sabres. But I don't know who we're going to see uh, in this next game tonight against the Islanders because basically it's been a couple of days off. Last game played uh, by Arizona was back on Tuesday. So they have the same amount of rest as the Islanders, but they're not playing a back-to-back. They have a day off after the Islander game. I get the feeling we see the starter. As far as the offense goes... Lawson Krause and Nick Ritchie lead the team with six goals apiece. Clayton Keller, nine assists. Matthias Marcelli, eight assists. And Shane Gostisbehere, 
the former Flyer, four goals, 10 points. That places him second on the team in that department. You look at the line combinations for Arizona. Uh, Barrett Hayton centers the first line with Clayton Keller and Dylan uh, Genther on either side of him. Nick Bukestad is the second line pivot with Matthias Maselli and Lawson Krause on his wings. Jack McBain is the middleman. Nick Ritchie to his left. Christian Fisher to his right on the third line. And the fourth line, Travis Boyd centers Liam O'Brien and Dyson Mayo on defense. Yuso uh, Valamaki and J.J. Moser are the top pair. Josh Brown and Shane Gostisbehere the second pair. And Patrick Nemeth and Troy uh, Stetcher are the third pair. We mentioned the goalies. Uh, and injuries, definitely an issue right now for Arizona. Andrew, Loy, uh, Andrew Ladd, the former Islander. Jacob Chikrin, uh, both on IR. Nick Schmaltz has been out of the lineup. Connor Timmons and Zach Cassian are listed as day-to-day and may be available to return against the Islanders. We'll certainly keep you posted on that as we get closer to game time and get a little more information. But just getting back to what Frank from North Patchogue had to say. Yes, this game for the New York Islanders on paper, you sit back and you say, yeah, okay, They've got games right now that they should be able to win. You got Arizona and Columbus at home. You got Ottawa on the road after that. Those are three games against teams that are not elite teams right now, teams that are inconsistent, teams that are struggling. But, you know, after beating the good teams, the one thing the Islanders cannot afford is to have a a lazy performance, a performance where they think that they can just get the two points by showing up. Uh Uh-uh. You need to go out there and show the intensity that this team has showed in the third period of the last couple of games and show it for 60 minutes or at least 55 minutes. You can't start every game down by a goal or two. And the Islanders need to figure out, and Lane Lambert needs to figure out, how to get this team off to a better start in order to have them be more successful uh, over the course of the season. Because, look, I love these comeback wins. I, they're thrilling. They're invigorating. They, they make you feel like the sky is the limit. And yet... They're not sustainable over the course of 82 games. You play with fire enough, you get burned, and I don't want to see the Islanders beat the Avalanche and the Rangers and the Hurricanes, good teams that, you know, the Flames that most people didn't expect them to beat, and then give points back by losing to teams that they should be able to beat, especially at home. So don't underestimate Arizona. There is talent on this team. It is young talent for the most part. They're unproven, but at the same time, here is a team that is capable of putting it together on any given night, and the Islanders need to be ready, and they need to play Islanders hockey, as Frank said, in order to pull off this win. So, again, we will have uh, a full preview of 
the weekend game tomorrow, and of course, we'll have our key takeaways from tonight's game against Arizona. But we also now have our Islanders' birthday of the day. A player who only spent 25 games with the Islanders in the late 70s was not a, a, a big player in the NHL, but went on to coach in the league for more than a decade and did pretty well behind the bench. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And tomorrow, Friday, will be the 68th birthday of former Islanders winger Michelle Bergeron, the native of Chicoutimi, Quebec, drafted by the Detroit Red Wings in the fourth round of the 1974 NHL draft and the Quebec Nordique of in the sixth round of the WHA draft that same year. In his last two years in juniors, Michel Bergeron had a 40-goal, 102-point season with the Sorrell Blackhawks in 72-73, and then in 73-74, in 70 games with Sorrell, 62 goals and 143 points, and oh yeah, 120 penalty minutes as well. He was outstanding. Made his NHL debut in 74-75 with the Red Wings, and actually scored 10 goals and 17 points in 25 games with Detroit. Had a 30-goal season with the Red Wings in 75-76, a 20-goal season in 76-77, but was traded to the Islanders in 77-78, midway through the season, played 25 games for the Isles, 9 goals, 15 points, 2 penalty minutes, was a plus 16, but that Islanders team was so loaded, he didn't find a consistent spot in the lineup, went on to play for the Capitals the following year, and then was in the minors until hanging up his skates after the 81-82 season, only played 229 career NHL games, 80 goals, 138 points, 165 penalty minutes. But the one thing about Michel Bergeron, he was productive. And he went on to a great coaching career. So after he retires, Michel Bergeron takes over as head coach of the Quebec Nordiques in 80-81. Stayed in Quebec through the 86-87 season. Got them to the playoffs uh every year he was behind the bench, then went on to coach the Rangers for two seasons before taking over again in Quebec in 1989-90, but he wasn't as successful there. As an NHL head coach, Michel Bergeron was in 792 games as the head man, 338 wins, 350 losses, 104 ties, so he was just a smidge under 500 as a coach. And in 68 playoff games, 31 wins, 37 losses. But uh, I'll tell you, Bergeron had the respect of his players. We look back at one of Michelle Bergeron's better games as an Islander. December 20th, 1977 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders facing the Colorado Rockies. They are now the New Jersey Devils. Uh, we're not talking about the baseball team. Doug Favell, the goalie for Colorado, Chico Resch in goal for the Isles, 
And it was our Islanders' birthday of the day, Michelle Bergeron getting things started with two goals in a, a mere uh, 42 seconds. First, Bergeron, his seventh from Billy Harris and Dennis Potman at 421. Then Bergeron, his eighth from J.P. Parise and Billy Harris at 503. That made it 2-0 Islanders after one period. The Rockies get on the board in the second period, however. Jerry Hart of the Islanders called for slashing. Andy Spruce of Colorado, his seventh, from Barry Beck and John Van Boxmeer at 338. That makes it a 2-1 game. But the Islanders' power play gets going. Chuck Arneson of Colorado off for tripping. Mike Kaziki scores his second goal of the year on the power play. Dennis Potvin and Stefan Pearson with the assist. 3-1 Islanders after two periods. And the faithful at the old barn, which wasn't old back then, uh, very excited. But the third period, the Islanders just exploded. Bob Bourne, his 10th of the year from Bob Nystrom and Ed Westfall just 37 seconds into the period. Then... Billy Harris, his eighth from our Islanders' birthday of the day, Michelle Bergeron and Jerry Hart at 321. All of a sudden, it's a 5-1 Islanders lead. Clark Gillies from Brian Trottier and Jude Druan. Gillies 13th of the year at 750. That makes it 6-1 Isles. Brian Trottier says, I want in on this. His 22nd from Jude Druan at 1324. Bob Nystrom, his 12th from Mike Kaziki at 1643. And then Billy Harris closes out the route with his ninth of the year, second of the game. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, Michelle Bergeron with one assist, Bob Bourne with the other. The final score, Islanders 9, Colorado Rockies 1. Islanders with 35 shots on goal. The Rockies had 33. But Chico Resch, who was later to join the Rockies in a trade a few years later, he made 32 saves in this one. But for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Michelle Bergeron, he had six shots on goal to lead the Islanders. Two goals, two assists, so it's a 4.9. He was a plus four. He had the game-winning goal and, as I mentioned, the six shots. So, again, uh, we want to wish a very happy 68th birthday to Michelle Bergeron. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Big opportunity for the Islanders. Uh, right now, the Islanders are in second place in the Metropolitan Division. Two points behind the New Jersey Devils as I record this podcast. And with the Coyotes... And this, the uh, Blue Jackets coming to UBS Arena. Here's a chance for the Islanders to, A, put some points on the board, and B, look, Carolina and Philadelphia are right on the Islanders' tail, and they have games in hand. you got to get points now when these opportunities arise. Let's see if Oliver Wallstrom can rebound. Let's see if, finally, uh Matthew Barzal can get off the schneid and get his first goal of the year. I think he can, and I hope he does. want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It'll give you the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.